Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Uh, the hot question of the day, as you can imagine, has to do with COVID-19. Very different landscape for a lot of workplaces. Uh, if they are still open, dealing with a reduced staff, a lot of staff members uh, being asked to work from home if it's possible. Uh, doesn't really work if you have a small business, if you're a small business owner if you're self-employed. So we want to put the question to you today. Are you working from home due to COVID-19? You can vote yes, hashtag social distancing. No, it's not possible. Or no, I'm not worried. And so far, you uh, have been voting, well... It's about 50-50. 50% say yes, they are working from home to bring in the social distancing. 44% say it is not possible to work from home. Only 6% say they are not worried. If you want to cast your ballot, and we would encourage you to do so, head on over to Twitter, at Jill Reports, at CKNW, at Claire Allen 980 uh, You can vote on any of those uh, Twitter handles and let us know what you think. You can also give the Buzz line a call, 604-331-BUZZ. What is your workplace doing to deal with the spread? of COVID-19. Social distancing, if there are people in the workplace, are they staying a particular distance away from each other? Let us know what you're doing and I'll share some of those throughout the day. All right, a lot of information to digest today after hearing from both the Prime Minister and Dr. Bonnie Henry, our Provincial Health Officer, as well as Health Minister Adrian Dix. Uh, in this province, so we know gatherings larger than 50 people now not permitted. Uh, ur- an urgent request for U.S. citizens to not come to B.C. Elective surgeries are going to be cancelled. An announcement on what's going to happen with schools is expected tomorrow. And earlier on in the program, we heard from Justin Trudeau saying that Canada's borders are going to be closed to anyone who is not a citizen or a permanent resident, the exception being people from the United States. He was questioned several times on that, saying that could still change in the days to come, but at this point, the border with the United States remains open. Let's bring in Anita Hubberman, CEO of the Surrey Board of Trade. Anita, thank you so much. You've been very patient with a lot of uh, different moving parts today uh, in joining us. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time. No problem. Thank you. Uh, We also heard from the Surrey mayor yesterday, and he's going to be speaking later today in Surrey. Recreation centers, arenas, pools and such have closed down. What kind of an impact is this having on members of the Board of Trade? Well, absolutely. This whole situation has been impacting our members and really the general business community with less new business, less walk-through traffic, cancelled events. Uh, reduced sales, staff shortage uh, due to uh, self-isolation for some staff, uh, decreased morale, productivity, market unpredictability, which has actually been happening since the beginning of the year. 
uh, shipment delays uh, from various parts of the world. We have the most number of manufacturers in British Columbia right here in Surrey, and they rely on the U.S., China, Europe as uh, major global supply chain portals. And so supply shortages um, are also being felt uh, for some of them. Um, you know, the impact uh, it's felt, we did a, a, a pulse survey. It's only day three of the survey, uh, but we are hearing from our members that more people are working from home. Some staff are off work. Uh, businesses are going to be closing. We're going to be closing at the Surrey Board of Trade uh, starting um, midday tomorrow until April 3rd, uh, postponing all of our events until May 15th. Um, and really focusing on even work plan uh, adjustments for all of the staff to really focus on uh, basically ground zero, focus on uh, the business sector. And how much of a strain is it? And we all understand why it's important to self-isolate and people are being encouraged, anybody who can stay home to stay home. But how difficult is that or challenging is it for businesses to shift to a work-at-home model? It depends on the nature of the business. I mean, uh, if you're in the retail sector, the restaurant sector, you're living paycheck to paycheck, and uh, if you're not working a shift, you're not going to get paid, you're not going to be able to uh, pay your rent or your mortgage. All of these are are very challenging, Uh, whereas uh, other industries, uh, they do have uh, technology means to be able to work from home, have conference calling features, uh, utilizing technology, in order to get work done. And uh, so it depends on the nature of the industry. Uh, are you hearing from members or are, you, are there preparations for the possibility, as uh, what we've seen in other jurisdictions, the closure of bars and restaurants? Well, I think that's going to happen eventually. I mean, we're already seeing it in, in some of the provinces and territories in our nation. We're seeing it in uh, some of the United States uh, as well. So uh, that's uh, a foregone conclusion that it will happen here. I mean, uh, the provincial government has been absolutely amazing in terms of uh, mitigation measures uh, as it relates to this virus. Uh, every hour, it's different news and, uh, and different mitigation measures that are needed. And uh, we're doing absolutely everything we can, even as a business community, uh, to educate and communicate. Uh, it is uh, our responsibility, we believe, to support the business sector, uh, even with supports uh, that are soon to be announced uh, even more later this week uh, by both the provincial and federal governments. All right. Uh, we will continue watching for that. Like you said, the uh, Prime Minister as well uh, announced that there will be money made available uh, for people and for businesses. Uh, Anita Hubberman, thank you again so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, in light of all of this, we are going to take a break, take a little pause here to take a look at something that I think many people are going to tune in for and need greatly. Jan Arden is joining me on the line to talk now about a concert she's going to put on this afternoon. Thank you so much for both that and for joining us to talk about it. My pleasure. So funny. I You're calling it a concert. I, it's a mini something. I mean, I, I may shower. I may not. But uh, I'm out here in uh, Rocky View County, southern Alberta. And, you know, I was just thinking, how can I help? How can I? Sometimes you feel very helpless um, in situations that are new. I mean, obviously, very unprecedented things going on all over the globe. And I thought, what am I good at? Well, I know how to sing. So, 
that's the one thing that I just thought could be helpful, as lame as that sounds. And Facebook is such a, a great medium. Most people have access to it. Most people are probably sitting either at home or someplace where they're normally not at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So I just thought I'm going to do a little mini concert. I, I'm just going to sing some songs, and um, people can comment, obviously, on Facebook as, as you go live. I just thought it would be something that would make me feel good, too. Absolutely. And the response that you tweeted out that you were going to be doing this and the response, I think, shows exactly that. While it's important that we all stay up to date on what's happening, we also need to stop and just enjoy something for a few minutes. Oh, for sure. I think um, Canada is in a, an amazing position right now to to stop the spread. And, and I know we're being inundated with that messaging. But as you know, Sometimes a lot of people takes a lot of prompting to get through to them about just staying put. I heard a great thing the other day. Don't don't just do something. Sit there. <laughs> and it really made me laugh because, um, you know, it's just it's just time to, to take a pause, to take some time to create a gap. I almost I almost liken it to a fire jump when you see these beautiful swaths of uh, fir trees that are cut out you know, by the provinces for fire jumps so that the fire literally cannot jump to the next set of trees. They cut a band. And that's what we're trying to do is, is create these bands and these gaps to, to, to slow this down and make it manageable and not overwhelm our healthcare system. Absolutely. And even hearing the Prime Minister today telling people, stay home. And that wasn't just a message to people who are sick. That was a message to all Canadians. So why not stay home and watch Jan Arden put on a mini concert? Well, so many times the the economic questions come up for everybody. I can't afford to take time off. And, you know, I, I think people really need to understand. I think there's going to be a lot of concessions made in this time. I don't think any company is going to actually sit back and be hardline and and not cut people a fair good length of rope. So yeah, the concert is going to be it's it's going to be fun. I I I'm not a very technical person, but I know how to live video on Facebook. It's going to be on the Jan Arden official Facebook. And um my friend Russ who's played guitar for me for many many years, he's going to come out. We're going to be a safe distance from each other. And uh, he's going to just play acoustic guitar along with me. And we're just going to play some songs and have some laughs. Um, It isn't all gloom and doom. My God, we live in modern times where the way we're communicating right now globally, imagine had they had any, even a fraction of this kind of information, say in, you know, 1918 with the Spanish flu circling the globe. So I hope people realize how lucky we are and and how important it is to listen to our community leaders. Absolutely. And where you are as well, I mean, we've had, we've seen the state of emergency declared in Calgary. How are people dealing with it? How are you dealing with it? I mean, I've been in self-isolation for 15 years, you know, (laughs) I, I literally live in the tree. So uh, for me, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's nice to be home. Uh, I travel 250 days a year. So this is a real wake up call to me. Um, but you know, I think I, I see people being extraordinarily kind. Um, they're very nice to each other. 
I, I, I'm getting all kinds of messages on threads of if you need anything picked up or dropped off, um, if you guys are looking for fun takeout tonight, please order Indian from, you know, this restaurant. My friends own it. Like, I'm, I'm being inundated with, with those kinds of threads of people trying to bridge those gaps financially for people that are suddenly find themselves, you know, out of work. And, you know, most people do live from check to check. And that's, that's not uncommon. And there's a lot of worries. There's a lot of anxiety. But what I see is people being calm, people being um, helpful. Like, I don't know, it, it feels good. I think good things come from bad things. I've always believed that. And we certainly are uh, seeing uh, the good in people, absolutely. Uh, you've been tweeting about this as well, making making fun, because at the end of it, too, you've got to have some laughs, you've got to have some fun. Uh, the couple, I thought that was a, a little bit funny when you referred to working from home was an all-day buffet, <laughs> and, and that your yeah. dogs are keeping it together. And I think a lot of people, as, as crazy as that might sound, animals in this time are really helping out. She is five pounds. She's 11 years old. She's a Morkie, so she's Maltese and Yorkshire Terrier. And it's business as usual around here. There's walks to be had. There's treats to be doled out. There's birds and squirrels to be chased. Um, you know, weather is, is of no, it doesn't matter what it does. You need to put my sweater on and we need to get out there. And that has really kept my spirits bouncing. Um, I've had, you know, some people, small groups, I've had a couple of girlfriends over. We just watch a film or, you know, have some spaghetti and we cheer each other on. But, you know, this is, this is not a lot to ask people to stay put. It, it, it really isn't. And I think, you know, even in, I'm, I'm going to be 58 years old here very quickly. And, you know, I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. But I remember very vivid stories from my grandparents about the Second World War and them talking about the First World War and things that they went to and things that they, you know, the, the amount of food that they didn't have. This is even in Peace River country, you know, in the, in the 40s. My mom talked often about the Depression and, and how resilient everyone was and how helpful and the sense of community. So this is a wake-up call. Um, you know, even the pictures we're seeing that NASA has been so kind to uh, put out on the Internet, we're seeing pictures of China uh, that that we've not seen in 40 or 50 years because the pollution is having a chance to dissipate. The lack of movement, that all-day pounding every day, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, has lifted. Um, uh, there was a guy on television this morning, uh, an old fellow, uh, they were speaking to him in Italy, and he was in tears because he said he had not seen the bottom of the canals since he was a boy. Hmm. So he's seeing clear water looking through the Venice canals. And fish, and he says, I, I've not seen this, you know, since I was a boy. And boy, if that isn't a call to arms of sorts of slow down, we need to rethink, we need to reboot, uh, you know, this is just, this has been a reboot for the planet. And um, I hope we go forward in, in changed. I hope all of us feel changed and feel like we need to make some amendments. Uh, and, and even the smallest ones are enormously impactful. So that's the lesson that I'm taking away. All right. And just uh, to remind people then, the, the mini concert, and only people that watch your show <laughs> will understand this question, but is there any chance you will be wearing floga pants for the concert? My God, you know, I'll, I'll put them on. Nothing <laughs> like a floga pant. Um, yeah, the season two of the Jan show is coming up too. So everyone be watching for that in May. <laughs> 
and uh, we're excited about that. You know, we're we're gonna we're gonna get past this, and we're going to be we're gonna be Russ and I are gonna be here in our finest. I'm gonna go shower now. Okay. I may blow dry my hair, and I might put mascara on. So get ready, people. <laughs> All right. So three o'clock Mountain Time, which is two o'clock our time. Again, people can go. Is it pretty easy for people then to find the Jan Arden, the official Facebook Facebook page? Yeah, Jan Arden official. Uh, that's the one with the little blue check mark. I'll just put that out to everybody. And uh, you'll be prompted. It should show up that you can join the live stream that's happening. So, um, Russ, I'll probably be logging on like a, just a few minutes before 3 o'clock. And, and we'll do a test test. We'll wait till there's a few people on board before we start. And um, hopefully, uh, if you don't know how to do it, by God, get your friends. Call your friends and ask them. <laughs> All right. Don't go over to your friends. Call them and ask them. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this and giving people a little bit of This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Lightness and a bit of enjoyment today and for talking to us uh, about this. Appreciate it Anytime. so much. Steady on, look after yourselves and uh, don't just do something, sit there. That's my motto. <laughs> all right, I can get behind that. So what we know so far from this morning's briefing with Dr. Bonnie Henry and Health Minister Adrian Dix, 30 more COVID-19 cases in BC. That brings the total to 103. Three more COVID-19 related deaths in BC. That brings the number to four. No other deaths at this point have been reported in Canada. We also learned that hospitals will be only undertaking urgent and emergency surgeries. That means thousands of elective surgeries will likely be postponed. Let's bring in Dr. Kathleen Ross, president of the Doctors of BC. Dr. Ross, thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. What does this mean for doctors as far as this change, uh, the postponement of elective surgeries and dealing with what could be an influx of patients? So I think that we have to have some sympathy for patients who have been waiting a while for surgery, but this is uh, a time that we need to be prepared to have capacity in our hospitals to deal with uh, acutely ill patients from covid and does the process then, anybody that has an elective surgery, will they be contacted, do you, th- do you know, or, or, or is this kind of uncharted territory? So my understanding is that the health authorities and those who are usually responsible for booking surgeries will be contacting uh, patients and rebooking their surgeries. And difficult, I would imagine, in that we don't know how long this is going to last or what's going to unfold even in the next few days or weeks. You're quite right. But day by day, we learn more uh, and week by week, we're learning more. Uh, We also learned today that Lionsgate Hospital has been directed to move to outbreak phase three. Uh, How are hospitals uh, dealing with this or or able to react to this constantly changing situation? So I would say that our facilities are ready. We've been having these discussions, uh, pandemic planning for for many years, but the the last few weeks has been a real ramp up in our discussions as to how we're going to allocate our staff, our resources. We're ready. There was also talk of retired physicians being asked to come back into the system. Do you know if that's something that that we are seeing happen now? So that's not happening yet. I think it will depend entirely on how uh, on how this process evolves and how our physician workforce uh, maintains itself during this time. Uh, 
it's a it's an idea or two or a matter of, of preparing, I suppose, for the worst and hoping that doesn't happen. We've been seeing in other jurisdictions, uh, such as Italy, places in Europe, where the situation is much more dire, uh, things like uh, calling for more ventilators or a shortage of ventilators. Do we have enough equipment in BC? I think at this time it's hard to, to answer that definitively because we're hoping that we've been very successful with our measures over the last two weeks in flattening that curve and lowering the number of people that are going to require that kind of intensive care help by, by slowing the transmission in the community. And how do doctors, uh, apart from normal protocols, or is there something else doctors need to do or are doing to protect themselves? Well, these are normal protocols for us to have in place for sure, but I think we're just all of us having a little bit more heightened uh, insurance and double-checking our procedures and making sure that we protect both ourselves and the patients that we're treating. And we've been hearing over and over people not to go to clinics or to hospitals if they are exhibiting symptoms. What do doctors need from the public right now? I think that we need the public to actually follow the instructions of our public health officer. Stay home for non-essential things. Try and keep your distance Try and and phone ahead uh, either to one of the COVID hotlines or to your family doctor's office to to seek care virtually and screening virtually prior to uh, seeking care in person. All right, Dr. Ross, I know extremely busy time for you. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Very welcome. Take care, Simi. Um, As you heard in the news earlier today, BC's medical health officer, Dr. Bonnie Henry, announced there have been three more deaths in this province linked to COVID-19. They are all at the Lynn Valley Care Centre, and you'll likely recall that is where the first death in this province also took place. That brings the death toll in BC to four. Uh, While we uh, have that in news... uh, that news that was announced earlier today. A lot of questions as well about what this means for care centres in general as far as restrictions on visitors and protocols that are in place as we deal with the situation which is constantly changing. So let's bring in Daniel Fontaine. He is the CEO of the BC Care Providers Association. He's on the line with us now. Daniel, thanks so much for being available today. Uh, Thanks for having me on, Jill. Uh, Are there changes in protocols as far as visitors and what's happening at care centres? Uh, There are. So um, as of the last hour, um, the chief uh, uh, medical officer of the province, Dr. Bonnie Henry, has indicated that there will now be uh, full-on restrictions uh, of visitation uh, at the various care homes throughout British Columbia. It's something that we've uh, been asking for on a voluntary basis for the last uh, several number of days. We're very pleased to see that this has now been implemented throughout British Columbia as one method of uh, preventing the introduction of COVID-19 into uh, to care homes. There are still some exceptions to that, uh, but that will be the determination of the operator as to who is allowed in um, to assist if there is a requirement there for someone to be with a loved one for a particular reason. That will be up to the individual care home to make that determination. But as of about an hour ago, the situation has now has now changed. And do you anticipate that this will make a big difference? So maybe we should have brought this measure in sooner? You know, Jill, I don't want to second guess the provincial health officer at this point. I think we um, are just very pleased that the the order has come down. It has, uh, it will, uh, over the coming uh, hopefully hours and days, relieve a lot of pressure. As you can imagine, um, it is a very challenging situation to have people coming in and out of a care setting, um, especially when there is a lot of anxiety um, and heightened awareness of this particular virus. Um, it will reduce lots of pressure on the operations to restrict um, access uh, over the coming days or weeks. 
So we're very pleased that the provincial health officer has made that decision uh, this afternoon. Uh, there's also been a discussion about workers at many care centres that work at multiple sites, not just mm-hmm. at one centre. Has that changed? No, that has not changed at the moment. Uh, we have been in discussion with the Ministry of Health over the last several days around this particular issue and uh, ways to potentially mitigate that, including uh, measures such as uh, the tracking and inventory of all employees uh, within British Columbia who work in a care setting, be it home care or in long-term care or assisted living settings, to ensure that employers understand uh, exactly what they have in terms of their workforce and where they're working so that if there is uh, a particular outbreak that uh, we can move much more rapidly in terms of isolating it uh, in the coming uh, coming days. Uh, the fact that we have now four deaths in this province and they're all linked to one care centre, uh, that's got to be sending a, a lot of uncertainty throughout the entire industry or concern throughout the entire industry. Jill, um, I'm very concerned, and I know that every single operator in this province is concerned. It was deeply, uh, I was deeply saddened today to learn uh, of the additional deaths in Lynn Valley, and I can assure you that um, we have a number of heroes who are working in our care centres right now. Um, They're doing their best to ensure that um, the care homes are are clean, they're they're virus-free, that families are attended to, that that seniors are attended to. It's a very incredibly uh, stressful time, and I'm hoping that over the coming weeks, um, they will need your support. Uh, They will need your getting onto social media and letting them know how much you appreciate the, the work that they're doing because um, we're going into a very, uh, a very uh, you know, difficult, challenging time over the next coming weeks. And uh, I, I would lie to you if I say it wasn't stressful for the workers and for, for our team here. I would imagine as well, a lot of the workers, not only are you dealing with a situation where we're working very hard to stop the spread of this virus, uh, we're expecting an announcement tomorrow about schools uh, in this mm-hmm. province, the possibility of school closures. A lot of the workers uh, in this field have kids mm-hmm. that are in schools uh, and are dealing with that stress as well. Yeah, and that's precisely why uh, we are right now being very proactive. We reached out to the Vancouver Canucks, and as you probably heard yesterday, um, they have provided to us uh, at their cost um, access to additional cleaners to be able to come into the care homes. And if we're cleaning and doing a deep clean two times a day, I'd prefer we do it four times a day or five times a day if we can do that. Um, We're looking at getting additional uh, workers as well for things like food preparation, uh, security at the doors, all those kinds of things. It's it's all hands on deck because we know that this is not a normal time and our, our workforce will not be in kind of a regular workforce. So very pleased to hear that the Canucks have done this. We're also pleased that PAVCO has offered the same thing and we're in discussions with other regions in the province and trying to be as proactive as possible in places like the Okanagan and on Vancouver Island where there will be uh, professional cleaning staff who would be able to assist in providing additional cleaning, which we know uh, the more deep cleans you do, the less chance that the virus will have to uh, to be uh, infecting other people. Uh, we only have a minute left. And just on the issue of isolation, I know there was talk today, if you can text, if you can FaceTime to keep that contact going, mm-hmm. uh, that won't be possible everywhere, but uh, people being encouraged to do that. Yes, and that is uh, in many homes. We do already do have that uh, capability of using Skype and using iPads and, and telephone. And absolutely, the staff will do uh, uh, whatever they can to ensure that seniors are absolutely connected with their loved ones. That is a very top priority. We understand that social isolation can have other health impacts. Um, so we're doing our best, and that's why 
we want to make sure that we free up staff uh, so that they're not having to staff the front doors or doing food preparation. We want to bring some extra staff in to help and to relieve over the next four to six weeks, as we know we're going to be under a lot of uh, a lot of pressure. But absolutely, uh, that's something we, we want to encourage, that use of technology over the next few weeks. All right, we'll leave it there. And Daniel, I know we'll talk to you again. Thank you so much. Thanks, Joe. It has been a busy day with updates on the continued fight against COVID-19. Earlier today, we heard from Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. He spoke to Canadians about the new restrictions being put in to stop the spread. Canada is now denying entry to nearly everybody who is not a Canadian citizen or a permanent resident. However, exempt from that group are U.S. citizens. There will not be a closure at the border. It will still be business as usual at the border. He was questioned several times as to why Americans are exempt from the ban. He said the level of integration between Canada and the United States is behind the decision. It is at a level higher than other countries. He also told reporters there is more work to be done in the coming days to ensure Canadians are safe and that necessary goods are continuing to flow. He says that Canada and the United States are coordinating closely. Now, later on, we heard from BC Health Minister Adrian Dix, who had stronger words for that, basically saying, if you live in Washington State. If you are an American resident in Washington State, please do not come to BC. That is not an order. It's nothing that can stop people, but it definitely was a stronger position being taken by our provincial health minister. So that was just part of what came out of the earlier news conference with Justin Trudeau. Let's bring in Richard Zussman. He's the Global BC online journalist based at the legislature. He too has been keeping tabs on all the announcements today and joins me. Richard, thank Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, Jill, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, so just recapped a little bit about what Justin Trudeau said, closing the border. There will be four airports, Vancouver included, that will be accepting international flights. Uh, airlines now being told they are not to permit anybody on board who is exhibiting any symptoms. Uh, maybe focus, if you can, a bit more. What did we learn from the provincial, uh, both the medical health officer, Dr. Bonnie Henry, and Adrian Dix? Yeah. Yeah, so there were a few things there. The number of cases in British Columbia now over a hundred. There are six people in British Columbia in hospital uh, with COVID-19. Uh, sadly, uh, the number of deaths have now gone up to four. So four people in British Columbia have died from COVID-19. All four are connected uh, to the Lynn Valley Care Center. Uh, then there also were a number of new measures announced today by the provincial government. So all non-urgent surgeries will be cancelled. This is thousands and thousands of surgeries, according to Health Minister Adrian Dix. The reason why, obviously, the government is doing this is to clear out hospital space if needed uh, to deal with the virus. Also announced uh, by the province is that if you do have a prescription that has run out, the College of Pharmacists have been asked by the provincial government not to require you to have another prescription note. So if you need to get your prescriptions renewed, you can go and do so at your pharmacy without a note. Uh, that is, again, to free up doctors to focus in on trying to contain uh, the virus. We also have now a restriction of all public gatherings of 50 people or more are banned. So the province is passing an order to restrict those gatherings. That, no doubt, Jill, will have a big impact on restaurants, bars, um, central gathering areas like community centers, although we're seeing a lot of municipalities close them. 
the province also announcing a ban on a closure of all casinos. So working with the Attorney General, all casinos in British Columbia must now close. These are all measures the province is taking in order to do their best to flatten out uh, the curve, as they describe, to help minimize the spread of COVID-19. A few people have been joining the conversation and questioning why these measures are being taken, but people are still allowed to be taking transit and being in places where you it would be very difficult to be a meter from everyone around you. Uh, TransLink saying that they are following health recommendations, and at this point, they've been told that, yes, transit can continue. Yeah, and I think a big part of this, Jill, is these precautions are in place, but the advice is stay home. And I know that's very hard for people considering we don't know the measures from the province and the federal government yet on how they're going to help people pay their bills, pay their mortgage, get groceries, subsidize their income if they lose work. But the advice that we're hearing from all levels of government is stay home. And so therefore, it should minimize the use of transit and help prevent people from being, as you mentioned, in very close proximity to each other, as we see uh, often on transit in Metro Vancouver and other places in the province. Uh, you know, I think a big part of this is the province is trying to provide as many recommendations as possible to stop the spread of this as quickly as possible, considering what we've seen, obviously, in China and Italy, and now what we're starting to see in a lot of jurisdictions in the United States as well. Uh, people are wondering about schools, as we've seen other jurisdictions yeah. already make the announcement that schools will be closed indefinitely following spring break. Uh, from what I understand, we will get an announcement on that tomorrow? Yeah, so right now, uh, Education Minister Rob Fleming is having conversations with the BC Teachers Federation, as well as many other stakeholders involved in the education system, including school districts. That decision will be made tomorrow. You rightly pointed out that we're seeing a lot of other jurisdictions, including Ontario, Alberta, Saskatchewan, uh, for sure Washington State, that have cancelled schools, in some cases for four weeks, in some cases indefinitely. That decision will wait. You know, one of the things that Dr. Bonnie Henry, in giving her medical advice, is trying to weigh is the impact that something like a school closure could have on the rest of the system. You know, essential service workers that work in hospitals, that are working, you know, in places like grocery stores that still need to operate, they rely in many cases on the school system to ensure that they can get to work and have their kids taken care of. So that's one of the factors that's being weighed now. But obviously, with this restriction on gatherings of 50 people plus, schools have much larger crowds than that. So it is something that's strongly being considered. We will get the the definitive answer tomorrow from the provincial government on what the decision will be. Uh, Most students are on spring break now. So what will happen after spring break? And we may get a timeline. If there is an announcement of a closure, we may get a timeline for how long. But those things, as you know, are rapidly changing in terms of how long things are being closed or cancelled for. Absolutely. There are a handful of schools, a few that are on the year-round calendar. From what I understand, too, a lot of parents have chosen to to keep their kids out or to keep their kids at home while they wait for that announcement. Yeah, and the same is happening with daycares as well. Uh, Bonnie Henry was asked about this today, about what's happening with daycares. She acknowledged it, again, is an essential part of our care network in this province. And for now, there's no definitive action being done. But, you know, I have a, a kid 
who's in a daycare, who's being kept home today. I think a lot of British Columbian parents are making that same decision, heeding the advice from Dr. Henry and from the Prime Minister to keep people at home to help reduce the spread. And so I think if people need to send their kids to their daycares, those daycares are now open. But a definitive decision on daycares, Dr. Henry mentioned, is going to be made along the line as well. Uh, One other point, uh, Dr. Henry uh, seemed very disappointed that dental conference went ahead. We're seeing cases that originated from there. Uh, I would like to think that following this and her announcement today, we're not going to see that again. No, and and the numbers were staggering. Uh, Dr. Henry said 15,000 people were at this conference, a massive conference. And now we've seen cases from not just here in British Columbia, but all across North America as people travel back home from this conference. Uh, there, there are concerns being raised that potentially some dentists after attending the conference worked on patients. You know, these are medical professionals. I asked Dr. Henry about this issue today on the phone call. And she said they're medical professionals. They take all the precautions, but she's advising dentists, but also everyone. If you're sick, stay home. Do not work. Uh, but she's also flagging that if you were at that dental conference in Vancouver, you must immediately notify yourself to health officials because they are seeing a lot of cases pop up in connection with that conference. All right, uh, Richard, we will leave it there. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Joe.